This is a Baby Brunch podcast. It's great to be on another Baby Brunch podcast. A big thanks to our support. This podcast is supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. The range of Epimax Baby and Junior gentle all-purpose emollient moisturizers is an all-day, everyday favorite for babies and children. Give your child a good start to every day by nourishing and protecting their skin with Epimax. Now today we're getting to know Tola and Chinga. Tola has been a regular voice and a face in South African broadcasting for almost 20 years. His experience extends to both radio and television, having worked for Talk Radio 702. Also, eventually a sports anchor on breakfast and afternoon drive shows. He was regularly featured on 947 and now he is the voice of sports with breakfast with Martin Bester uh, as well as a standing sports anchor. Other than the fact that he is a television presenter and a show host, he's also a dad. And that is what Baby Brunch is interested in today. Welcome, Kola and Shinga. Well, thank you very much. And uh, what a pleasure to be here talking about something that I never get the opportunity to talk about. But I, absolutely rules my life. I, was, I wasn't sure how private you are. Remember, that was one of the first questions I asked yes. you. I was like, are we allowed to talk about your family? Yeah, look, I am very private, uh, and I, I think that that probably extends mostly to the online life, uh, social media. I don't post too much about myself, my family, my kids. Uh, I do some, but not a lot. But uh, this is a platform I think works a lot better for me because context, right? Like mm. If you ask me a question, I can spell it out. I can give you an answer. I can actually delve into what it is, whereas when we post things online, you know, uh, 200 odd characters is not going to actually give you the opportunity to exactly say what it is you want to. So, yes, private, but I think given the right platform, no. It's funny you talk about social media. I mean, I've got my own hangups around it. What I do want to talk about, though, is co parenting. Mm. The one word that came up for me when I wanted to chat with you today was that I didn't realize you're not married. Yes, I'm a divorcee. I was married. Uh, so my ex-wife and I, unfortunately, uh, opted to to split. And, uh, you know, it's a very difficult decision, especially with very young children at the time. Um, but I think it was for the best um, for our states of mind collectively and for the kids as well. Uh, and uh, that was the one really big conversation we had on an ongoing basis how are we going to do this? How are we going to make sure that these kids can share equally two households? Um, so what we eventually settled on was they stay with mom for seven days and they stay with dad for seven days. And it's been like that now for, for six years almost. Don't you find it disruptive? It, yes and no. Yes, in that um, it's very difficult to settle into a schedule, um, but then... It is also cyclical. I've got one week where I've got to be all hands-on, full-time dad. And then I've got another week where I'll pile up all of my meetings, <laughs> stay out late. Party hard. <laughs> Party hard. <laughs> Enjoy no kids in the house. So mm-hmm. I think it is possible to find balance. Um, what I found is that it was easier for the children to adapt to the new way than it was for the parents. Yeah, I believe you on that. I think our children are, are agile and resilient, you know, but I think we teach them that we, we are not normal. You know, our mm. normal looks different. Uh, you're a show host. Most of the parents we talk to think differently. Uh, we think different to our parents. That makes us different uh, to start with, you know, so I, I think it's wonderful that we can have these conversations. How do you think the girls are doing? There's a 10-year-old and a 6-year-old. 
They're beautiful. Yeah. The one thing I've started to be become a lot more mindful of is the parentization of children. I'm a girl dad. And girls, I think, have an innate want to look after, uh, especially with that dad-daughter uh, relationship. So what I find is that my kids are very eager to, dad, what do you need? Dad, mm. are you fine? Dad, did you eat? Dad, did you sleep? And this is my six-year-old who'll ask me these questions. Uh, and uh, I almost have to tell her, that's not for you to worry about. That's for me to worry about. Um, I think it also might be a coping mechanism uh, for them. They've been through the most in the last two, two and a half years. I mean, COVID has, I think, absolutely decimated all semblance of normality for everyone. Um, so I do think that that affected them very, very heavily. Uh, and it's weirdly wonderful seeing how they create coping mechanisms sort of internally. Uh, and I think that the parentization thing is one way in which they do it. Um, but I, I think they are coping. Uh, mm. I, I, I think we need to just keep a close eye on developments, on behavior, patterns, um, and so on. But so far, so good. The the only thing that concerns me about the behavior is that my 10-year-old thinks she's 20, my 6-year-old <laughs> thinks she's 18. <laughs> I, that's fairly normal. Yeah. yeah. I, I think you're going to be okay. <laughs> uh, yesterday I was in an interview and uh, the host said to me, um, how do you raise daughters in, in this current world? She said to me. And I said to her, what does the world look like to you? You know? And when she described it to me, I realized that the world that she is living in is a different one to what I <laughs> that I think that I'm raising my girls in. Yeah. If you could give advice to any dad who's doing what you're doing, uh, co-parenting, raising daughters without a partner or a woman, uh, what would it be? What What's the one learning you got over the past six years doing it on your own sometimes? Be present. And I don't just mean physical. Be present. Just be there. Answer the questions when that they ask you, the difficult ones as well. Mm. Um Always be available. I've got this open door. Although we've we've settled on a schedule, as I said, with my ex and myself, the girls know that come Wednesday, middle of the week, and they decide, you know what, we want to be with dad, that that door is always open. Um, unless something happens work-wise, maybe I'm traveling. Sure, those things happen. But then you make up for it. And, and don't leave it and say, oh, well, we'll pick up next week when you are meant to be here. No, make the effort because she wanted an extra day or two mm. or three with that. Give her those extra days. Be present. Um, because I think that's where you pick things up. Uh, the one thing I'm not used to, I really absolutely don't like, I abhor, and I, I hope my daughter's teachers don't listen to this, is homework. Uh, mm. Because it, it really just occupies a lot of time. But presence means that you'll understand when she struggles with maths. You'll understand that she doesn't do her projects and maybe concentration is an issue. Um, that's that, that's what I mean by presence. It's not about always being outside playing with them or in their rooms playing with them. Because trust me, you don't want to get stuck in a girl's tea party. Uh, <laughs> it, lasts for, it lasts for hours. But if you are present, if you are there to listen, um, then, then I think uh, you've come a long way. That's the one big lesson. The other lesson I've learned... Um, and it's quite humbling, is learn to apologize to children because we're parents, we're adults. Um, something breaks, and then the first reaction is, Hey, Landa, what did you do? <laughs> and there's this monster, you know, barreling mm. down the stairs. And I, I did something similar um, not too long ago, and my daughter kept on saying, But, Dad, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. And when I realized that it wasn't her, 
I thought this very important thing is for me to say, look her in the eye, baby, I'm sorry. Dad got it wrong. Sure. I made a mistake. And she understood as young as she was. And we tend to not think that children understand these things. They do. We've had many conversations in this studio as well as on babybrunch.co.za about men and their confidence. Divorce does not just break women. It breaks men too. Yeah, it absolutely destroys. How do you get back up? I think um, and probably unfair advantage is having the girls. Uh, because on one level, and I suppose this would be the masculine side of the scale, you have to get up. Mm. Your kids are staring you in the eye. You have to keep going. You have to make sure their school fees are paid. You have to make sure that they've got clothes. You have to make sure that you've got groceries um, and you can't just sit idle, idly by. Uh, so that's where they helped me. Um, but I do think that it, it would be very different if I didn't have a support structure. I'm very, very fortunate in that I do have. My mom is is still here, thank goodness. You know, mm -hmm. I still have uh, a sister. She's away. She doesn't live close to me, but she's always on the telephone. Friends who understand. Um, female friends who can come and add, a, lend a female ear to my female children is incredibly important. Because some conversations that I'm starting to have now with the 10-year-old, you see, um, and I'm not really necessarily suited for the <laughs> convos, but if you've got people in your orbit who they know, who they trust, who you trust, then it does make it easier. Um, so support from the kids, yes, and of course from um, community at large, you know, your, your friends and family. I, I, I can't imagine what it must be like to have no choice but to do it alone. Um, I think that must be incredibly difficult. And I can understand when people break down uh, and lose the ability to, to, to go on. We continue with our podcast with Klola and Shinga. How come it's Nshi and not Nsi? Because um, there's an H in there. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of names, what are your daughter's names? Uh, Langa is 10 years old and all the way through. Oh, Ilanga. Mm, Langa Lam. Like the sun. Langa Lam. Yeah, she's 10 years old and all the way through. Um, is six years old. I can relate. Yeah. I have a six-year-old. Oh. Good luck. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> full of beans. And... Um, yeah, she's definitely the active one. Oh, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. Do you think you're a good dad? I like to think so. <laughs> um, I, I think hopefully I'm my own toughest critic. Mm. Uh, it's very difficult to take criticism, especially about something that's so important like the parenthood. Yeah. I don't know how it cope if somebody said, you know, you messed up there, dad. Um, I like to think so. But I think you are your worst critic too. I mean, earlier in our, in our video, you, you, you said it. You said um, you don't know if you're best suited for those conversations. And I think you are. I mean, you are the only dad your daughters know. Mm. So they don't have anyone better. I, I would never, even though I'm the auntie, mm. I could never be the best dad for them because you're it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Lessons all the time. Yeah. Is it, is it hard not being an academic like your mother? And your father, like when, when you decided to, to be a sports presenter, <laughs> didn't you get some kind of flack? No, I, I, was, I was incredibly fortunate. I, um, my, my parents, I think, were very uh, forward thinking uh, for their generation. They were born early 50s. Uh, my, my 
father's mother is probably key to that because he was quite forward thinking for somebody who was born in 1915. Um, and I got to meet him, got to know him. And he was one of the people who opened my eyes to the world. So uh, as a youngster, we'd, we'd travel quite a bit. I was very fortunate. I, I, I went to the Drakkar's Book Boys Choir. So from, what? Yeah. Okay. I was, hold I was a kiddio, though. On. I was hold, my daughter's age. Hold the, hold the tape. Really? Vrachtach. Really. But I can hear that because your voice is so beautiful. I mean, I had to adjust the levels on this side because your voice is so deep <laughs> that that's beautiful. Yeah. What do you sing? Oh, that was baritone. Um, obviously, yeah. You know we're going to make you sing, right? Yeah, I can't anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, you, it's like... it's. Well, look, wait, the, so the what's the vo one... Vocal cord is a muscle. You need okay, to practice. Okay, so what's the one lullaby that you sang when your daughters were still in lullaby phase? Ah, uh, this is going to be so corny, though. What? Tula, tu, tula, baba, tula, sana. Tula, mamu, zobuya, egu, seni. Do, 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 do. Yeah, it was that. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So to, to go back to it, my so my grandfather, every time we'd go off and travel and go and sing on a tour, He'd make me sit down, he'd open the encyclopedia, because that was still a thing, and I'd have to show him. We went from this city in Germany, we took that route to that wow. town, we sang in that little venue, and then moved. And his fascination with the big, wide, open world fed into mine. Mm. Um, and that's the kind of upbringing my mother had, and I think translated it on to me. So when I said to them, ah, this varsity thing is not great, because I, I went to tax to study law, uh, which Why? I really... No. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was the question I asked after two lectures. Why did I do this? Um, it, it, they weren't completely s taken aback. Mm. We had a very frank, very mature conversation. Mm. No problem, boy. If you want to do this, you can, but. And then the conditions came. And it was, you have to work and you have to work hard. And if you're working, you're making an income and that comes with other responsibilities. And mm -hmm. So that was the conversation immediately. It wasn't, no, you can't do this and you're ruining and throwing away your future. I think they understood that, oh, this guy's been um, exposed to something completely different to what we have. And we can't necessarily predetermine his his path. Um, and I don't even think it was a matter of knowing that I'd end up doing what I'm doing, but rather stumbling onto it. And my parents allowed me the opportunity to stumble to where I am now. If you just joined in, we are doing a quiz with Kola. It wouldn't be an interview if we don't if we don't question Kola about the thing that he does best, which no. is sport presenting. Kola, are you ready? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Neither am I, because none of these facts are actually no. Here goes the first one. How many drop goals were dropped in the 1999 World Cup qualifier between England and South Africa and by whom? Yanni De Beer, he dropped five. Oh, my word, correct. Who played against South Africa in the first official one-day international in 1991-1992? Okay, so we're on to cricket. Oh, this is going to be a flyer. I'm going to say Australia. No, but go the other way. Um, Australia, England? It's, it's spicy. 
Is it spicy? Oh, India. Yes. The South African cricketer is all well known for his large full beard and his shaved head, as he's known for his batting and his bowling abilities. He has a right-handed batsman and a right-arm medium pace bowler who made his test debut in South Africa against India in 2004-2005 season. Who am I talking about? You, you, you bamboozled me with the bowling, but I'm going to go Hashim Amla. Correct. <laughs> I have put none of these questions together. I don't know if they're right. I, I, <laughs> no, no, that one was right. <laughs> was it? Okay. <clears throat> Which South African athlete won the 100 meters at the Olympic Games in London in 1908? <laughs> I don't know. His name rhymes with veggie. Reggie something. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Reggie Walker. Uh, Walker Dridish. See what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. The South African swimmer made sporting history in 2002 by being the first athlete with a disability to qualify for the finals in the able-bodied event when she qualified for the 800 meters freestyle final at the Commonwealth Games in Manchester. Yeah. She won gold for the 800 meters freestyle uh, of the All Africa Games in 2003. Natalie Dedoy. Correct. And last but not least, we need a difficult one. Wait, hold uh, on. What? Oh, so this you could one's choose my favorite. Along? I could, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which Italian rugby club did Nas Buita play for in 1990? Zebra. Try again. Nas Buita, I said. Nas Buita. Mm. Yeah. If not them, then I'm going to go Benetton. <laughs> Oh, you are so right. Rivoli. Good. Yes. I was going to say Rivoli, but uh, that's, that one is right. Yeah, How do you be, say it? Uh, Rivoli. I might, yes. be, I might be making up the accent. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's correct Can't according to I the... I don't know if it's correct. It doesn't matter because this is baby brunch and this is Kola and he is a good dad. And last words to all fathers, people listening to this podcast and watching this video. What do you want to say? I think... Um, oh, last words. <laughs> Too, too many challenges to try and sort out um, all at once as a parent. Too many things to try and consider all at once as a parent. Um, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't try to do it all, but need to be wary that you can't. Mm -hmm. Lean on the people you need to lean on. Love your kids. Hug your kids all the time, even in a post-COVID world. Um, and for me, again, be present. We are glad that you have been present with us. It's been a pleasure and thank you. This podcast was supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. Epimax Baby and Junior is dermatologist approved, free of artificial colorants and fragrances and is safe to use from birth. Touch, nourish, love your child's skin with Epimax Baby and Junior. Available from leading pharmacies and retail stores.